Well, let me uh, invite you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis 24 for our time of study in the Word this morning. I just now announced a beautiful arrival. The title of the message this morning is A Beautiful Leaving. A beautiful departure. We're continuing in our study through the book of uh, Genesis. And as we continue in our study, we come to Genesis 24, verse 28. My goal uh, this morning is to cover verses 28 through 61, where we will observe the departure of Rebecca from Haran, from her family in Haran, to the land of Canaan to marry Isaac. In the Bible's great uh, definition of marriage that is found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, uh, the scripture says, For this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. We see from that definition that there are two great elements in marriage, and that is leave and cleave. Uh, which must be done for a husband and wife to truly become one in marriage. In order for a marriage to actually occur, a man and a woman must leave their father and mother, and then they must cleave to one another. So every marriage, therefore, is not just a story of cleaving. It is also inclusive of a story of leaving. And our passage today gives us the details of the leaving part of Rebecca's coming marriage to Isaac, Abraham's son. But the story today uh, is not simply a story of leaving, but it's, it's actually a story of leaving well, leaving beautifully, You see, when you get married, it's not enough to just say, I left my father and mother to get married. The teaching of Scripture is that a person should leave their father and mother in the right manner. There's wrong ways to leave your father and mother, and there is a right way to do it. And in our passage today, we will see Abraham's servant and Rebekah going about things in such a way that by the time Rebecca leaves her family. Her family is saying, this is from the Lord. And they literally send her away with their blessing. And I hope and pray that you young people here at Cornerstone, that when you meet up with somebody who will one day be your spouse, that you will so behave yourself in that relationship and toward your families, that when it comes time to leave your families for marriage, that both families will be able to say, this is so clearly from the Lord, and they will then send you away into marriage with their blessing. And we see that kind of leaving beautifully illustrated in the part of Genesis chapter 24 that we will be studying uh, today. Now, we saw last week how Abraham uh, sends his servant to Haran to find a wife for Isaac from among Abraham's relatives that are in Haran. So his servant takes 10 camels, which are essential if you're going to find a wife. You need 10 camels to do that, as you all know. And uh, he also takes many of Abraham's precious goods and he leaves for Haran. Upon arriving in Haran, Abraham's servant parks his camels by the well that's just outside the city, and he then prays a prayer to God, basically saying, Lord, help me to find a wife for Isaac. I will approach a woman who is drawing water from this well, and I will ask her to give me a drink, and the woman who gives me a drink and then who volunteers to give drink to my 10 camels, may it be that that is the woman whom you have appointed to be the wife of Isaac. Well, no sooner had Abraham's servant 
concluded praying this prayer when Rebecca shows up onto the scene. And after she draws water from the well and fills up her jar, Abraham's servant approaches her and says, can I have a drink from the jar? And she quickly, happily gives him a drink from her jar. And then she immediately offers to water his camels amazingly until they have finished drinking. And before Abraham's servant can even reply to Rebecca, she jumps into action and she carries through and she completes the task of basically giving his 10 camels a complete fill up. At this point, Abraham's servant, after thinking about it and watching everything, concludes that Rebecca is God's appointed wife for Isaac. So he takes some bracelets and a nose ring, and he asks her, whose daughter are you, and is there room to lodge in your father's house? She tells him that she is the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor, who was Abraham's brother. And this information alone would tell Abraham's servant that he has hit the bullseye. The woman whom God has revealed to him to be God's appointed wife for Isaac is in the very family that Abraham had insisted that the wife be taken from. So God is amazing and working all of this out. Rebecca then tells Abraham's servant that there is plenty of food and room to lodge at their house. And it's right here in the story that we will pick up today. Basically, verses 1 through 27 that we studied last Sunday tells us the story of how Rebecca was discovered to be God's appointed wife for Isaac. The passage we're looking at today, verses 28 through 61, tells us the story of how it came to be that Rebecca left her parents' household to marry Isaac and how all of that happened beautifully and with honor. Really, as, as we come into the, our story for today, the questions are, will Rebecca be willing to leave her family and all that she has ever known and agree to go off to Canaan to marry Isaac, a man whom she has never met? And she knows likely she's never going to come home and see some of her family again. And the other question is, will her family even let her if she wanted to? Well, we find the answers to those questions uh, today. So the way we're going to frame our study this morning is seven developments in the story of Rebecca leaving her family and her homeland to marry uh, Isaac. Development number one is that Rebecca's family receives Abraham's servant into their home. Look at what happens beginning in verse 28. It says, Then the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. And you might find that strange. Why her mother's household rather than her father's household? Well, understand that Rebecca's dad had a concubine through whom he had sired four other children, according to Genesis 22, verse 24, so what the text is telling us essentially is that Rebecca ran and told her mother's part of the household about these things. She ran to tell her family about what has happened between her and this servant, including the jewelry that he has given her and about his mention of his master Abraham, whom... He was praising God, like when, when the servant was praising God, she heard him mention Abraham's name as he thanked God for prospering his trip. So in Rebecca's mind already, she knows enough to know that this is the servant of Abraham, her grand uncle, who is in the land of Canaan. So she runs to her mother's part of the household and she shares with her family everything that had transpired. Well, look at what happens next, beginning in verse 29. Now, Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran outside to the man 
at the spring. What prompted him to take off running toward the man? Look at verse 30. When he saw the ring, and we know from later, we'll see, it's a nose ring. So if I had a sibling sister who came home with a nose ring, I would take off running after whoever gave that to her. So when he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he had heard the words of Rebecca, his sister, saying, this is what the man said to me, he went to the man and behold, he, Abraham's servant, was standing by the camels at the spring. And Laban says, it says, come in, blessed of the Lord, blessed of Jehovah. Why do you stand outside since I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? Well, Abraham's servant accepts Laban's invitation. Look at verse 32. So the man, Abraham's servant, entered the house. Then Laban unloaded the camels and he gave straw and feed to the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Once inside the house and everyone is situated, Abraham's servant feels compelled to communicate everything about the purpose of his visit. He values, obviously, Rebecca's family enough to want them to know everything up front so that they can make a wise choice in the best interest of Rebecca. And he's going to hide nothing. And this brings us to the next development in the story of Rebecca leaving her family in order to marry Isaac. And that is number two, Abraham's servant asks Rebecca's family to give her as a wife for Isaac. Look at what happens in verse 33. It says, but when food was set before him, Abraham's servant to eat. So they get the table set. The food is all hot and ready to be eaten. He said, I will not eat until I have told my business. And he, Laban, said, speak on. Abraham's servant then begins to speak, and his goal and what he is about to say is to be up front and to give Rebecca's family full information in the hopes that they will agree to let Rebecca leave them and go to Canaan to marry Isaac. He realizes that he owes it to them to make his case and then give them the opportunity to decide what they will do. He's confident that if this is really of God, God will lead Rebecca's family to agree with this. As he begins to speak, first of all, he introduces himself and, and what he says on the very front end, he dispels any later notion that Rebecca might not be well provided for if she married Isaac. Look at what he says, starting in verse 34. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master so that he has become rich and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. Notice, guys, that after introducing himself in this speech as Abraham's servant, the very first word, and it's this way in the Hebrew, out of his mouth by way of describing Abraham is the word Jehovah, the Lord. He mentions Jehovah first before he mentions Abraham's wealth. And when he mentions Abraham's great wealth, he describes it as wealth that has come from Jehovah God. Then in verse 36, he comes to the topic of Isaac and he says, he says, now Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master in her old age. And he has, he, Abraham, has given him all that he has. There's a couple things happening in this statement. First of all, Abraham's servant wants him to know that Isaac is something of a miracle child. Secondly, he wants him to know that Isaac, being a son of Abraham, is younger than one might think, being the son of Abraham, whom they would know is pretty old. 
This is why it is that Isaac, who actually is Rebecca's uncle, can actually still be young enough to marry Rebecca because he was born to Sarah in her old age. Abraham's servant also wants him to know that Abraham has given to Isaac all that he has, making him the sole inheritor of all of his father's wealth. If Rebecca's family already knows where this speech is heading, and they probably do, then this is Abraham's servant way of assuring them that she will be very well provided for by Isaac. One of the burdens on any young man that is wanting to marry a woman is to assure her parents that he will be able to provide for her. And Abraham's servant on Isaac's behalf is doing that here. Abraham's servant also wants Laban to know about what Abraham's instructions were and how passionately Abraham felt about it. Look at what he tells Rebecca's family in verse 37. He says, my master made me swear, saying, you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house and to my relatives and take a wife for my son. This, I think, would have actually blessed Rebecca's family to hear this, to know that Abraham specifically sent his servant almost 500 miles north to Haran to find a wife for his son from among these relatives in particular. This is the Abraham who had left them in Haran over 65 years earlier. If they felt the sting of his departure from them then, then they would appreciate his reaching out to them now in order to obtain a wife for his son. Abraham's servant then shares with Rebecca's family about his own personal worries and fears about this venture and how Abraham had encouraged him. Look at what he says in verse 39. He says, I said to my master, suppose the woman does not follow me. He, Abraham, said to me, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you to make your journey successful And you will take a wife for my son from my relatives and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my relatives. And if they do not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. Notice the language that Abraham's servant is using here that would tell Rebecca's family much about Abraham He quotes Abraham as saying to him, the Lord before whom I have walked. Clearly revealing that Abraham is a man who has a relationship with Jehovah. He walks with Jehovah God and he's serious about his faith. And this Abraham who walks before Jehovah prophesied to him, Abraham's servant, telling him you will succeed And finding a wife for my son because God will see to it that it happens. It's interesting in verse 41, uh, Abraham's servant tells Laban and the family the two conditions under which he is freed from the oath. Number one, he finds a wife and the family actually lets her go back with him to Canaan so that she can marry Isaac. But he also lets them know that even if Rebecca's family refuses to let him take Rebecca back with him to marry Isaac, he is free from his oath because he's done his job. And in sharing this, Abraham's servant is taking pressure literally off of Laban and his household. At least he doesn't want them to feel any pressure on his account as Abraham's servant. If they give him Rebecca, then he's free from his oath. If they don't, he's free from his oath. Hence, they have total freedom to make the best choice for Rebecca and for their family without feeling guilted or pressured into it. I love the way Abraham's servant just finesses this as he speaks to them so thoroughly. Abraham's servant continues his speech to Rebecca's family, and he tells her family, how he happened upon Rebecca. Listen to what 
he says, beginning in verse 42. So I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will make my journey on which I go successful, behold, I am standing by the spring, and may it be that the maiden who comes out to draw, and to whom I say, please let me drink a little water from your jar, and she will say to me, you drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. So he's telling Rebecca's family this story of what he prayed. And he goes on in verse 45. He says, before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder and went down to the spring and drew. And I said to her, please let me drink. And she quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will water your camels also. So I drank and she watered the camels also. He's telling her that she passed the character test. He's saying she did exactly what I had prayed that God's appointed woman for Isaac would do. He continues his speech to the family says, then I asked her and said, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. And I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrist. And I bowed low and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had guided me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. And it's now in this speech that the fateful moment arrives. He concludes his speech by popping the question to Rebecca's family. Look at verse 49. He says, so now, if you are going to deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, let me know that I may turn to the right hand or the left. Back in verse 27, you might want to make a note about that. Abraham's servant thanked God for showing kindness and truth to his master Abraham and causing events to play out the way that he did. And now he uses these same two Hebrew words translated kindness or deal kindly and the word truly. And he's basically saying to Rebecca's family, let me know if you will deal kindly and truly with me just as God has dealt with my master in all of these events. And let me take Rebecca for Isaac. And if you say no, let me know that also so that I can take my next step from here. Abraham's servant is very respectfully acknowledging the power of Rebecca's family to allow Rebecca's marriage to Isaac to take place or to not take place. And he puts himself trusting the Lord. He puts himself at the mercy of their reply. Well, imagine being a member of Rebecca's family and hearing all of this. Dads, moms, if you're in exactly this situation, how would you respond? What would you say? How does Rebecca's family respond? This brings us to the next development in this story of Rebecca leaving her family in order to marry Isaac. And that is that Rebecca's family amazingly grants permission for Rebecca to leave and marry Isaac. Look at their response in verse 50. Then Laban and Bethuel who is the father, guys, of Rebecca? He's not been mentioned up to this point in the, this conversation that's being had in the household, but it's evident now that he's been sitting there and listening all along. It says, Then Laban and Bethuel replied, and here's their reply. They say, The matter comes from Jehovah, so we cannot speak to you bad or good. What they're saying is this whole thing from beginning to end, from Abraham sending you and what he said to you and what you swore when you 
began your journey here to Haran and the way God has providentially orchestrated circumstances, this whole thing from beginning to end is so manifestly from Jehovah that there is nothing good that we could say to add to what God has already spoken through these events. And there's definitely nothing bad that we would want to say against it. They're speechless, they say. There's only one thing that they can say, and that's in verse 51. They say, here is Rebecca before you. Take her and go and let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has spoken. Here is Rebecca's father and brother officially giving their blessing to let Rebecca leave the family and to be the wife of Isaac. And the reason that they give their permission is because they believe that this matter comes from the Lord. They're persuaded of that, that this is God's will. Persuaded that God is in approval of this union and persuaded that he has orchestrated events in such a way to reveal his will in this matter, they grant their permission to Abraham's servant to take Rebecca and go and be Isaac's wife. This is actually a godly parent's dream. Every parent would love to look at their daughter or their son's potential marriage and say to them, This is so manifestly from the Lord and God is so clearly speaking through all that has transpired. This is so consistent with God's word that he has spoken that we as your mom and dad and siblings, we are left with no choice but to say we approve. And that's the blessing that is Rebecca's family right now. And I pray that on the road ahead, this will be the blessing for every Cornerstone family. And young people, realize the role that you play in contributing to that blessing. Abraham's servant has to be beside himself at this point. He just arrived in Haran. He stopped by the well and met Rebecca. Now he's at her family's house that very evening. And before they've even started eating the meal, the family has agreed to let her go and be Isaac's wife. You can't experience more swift good fortune than this. Well, how does Abraham's servant respond? He responds as you might have expected. This leads to... The next development in this story of Rebecca leaving her family to go and to be Isaac's wife. Number four, Abraham's servant worships God and gives gifts to Rebecca's family. Look at his response toward the Lord in verse 52. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. Clearly, he's viewing their approval as something that God has wrought. And he takes the time to worship God for his gracious providence in all of this. And then look at his response to Rebecca and her family. Verse 53 says, And then the servant brought out articles of silver and articles of gold and garments and gave them to Rebecca. And he also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. It was customary for the family of the groom in this day to give a handsome dowry to the bride and her family. And that's what Abraham's servant has obviously come prepared to do. He brings out articles of gold and silver and garments. He gives them to Rebecca. And then he also gives precious things to her brother and to her mother. You dads notice anything in this verse? Anyone noticing what stood out to me? Nowhere is it mentioned that he gave anything to Bethuel, Rebecca's dad, which bothers me a lot, actually. (laughs) In my opinion, when a dad gives permission for his daughter to marry, 
he should be given the most expensive gifts of all. And I think a million dollars is actually a great starting point. In all likelihood, commentators actually talk about this. Why didn't he give gifts to Bethuel, um, Rebecca's dad? But in all likelihood, in giving gifts to Bethuel's wife, Rebecca's mother, he was in effect giving gifts to Bethuel. Anyway, so everything is going wonderfully up to this point. With God's help, Abraham's servant has found Rebekah. The family has just given permission for Rebekah to go and marry Isaac. But there is a snag that shows up that shows the humanness of the character. And this brings us to the next development in the story of Rebekah leaving her family and homeland in order to become a wife for Isaac. And that is Rebekah's family hesitates to let Rebekah leave the following morning. Observe what happens in verse 24. Then he, Abraham's servant, and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night. The expression spent the night doesn't simply mean that they ate and then went to sleep. It means they passed the night together, talking and sharing stories with one another into the late hours of the night and then retiring to sleep at some point. So you can bet that Abraham's servant shared a lot with Rebecca's family about Abraham and Isaac during this time, telling them all the ways that God had blessed Abraham and how he had promised to bless all the nations of the world through Abraham's descendants and how Isaac was born to Sarah at the age of 90 and how Abraham later went to offer Isaac on Mount Moriah and how God affirmed all of his promises to Abraham once again on that occasion. I'm sure that Rebecca's family is coming to learn during the hours of this evening just about everything that we have learned about Abraham since Genesis 12:1, which would have been the last time that anyone in the family in Haran had even seen Abraham. Beyond that conversation, I'm sure that some of the family got very little sleep that night, talking with one another and processing all that has happened. I'm sure Rebecca and her mom, together with Laban, were up talking long after Abraham's servant and his men had gone to bed. And the reality of this whole situation began to fall on all of them pretty hard, especially on Laban and his mom. And this, I completely understand. The night before uh, my youngest daughter, Brianna, got married a little over a year ago, on that final night, I went into her room and just sat together with her, and we spent some time talking, and uh, I prayed with her, and then I kissed her goodnight, and I walked out of her room for the final time, as with her being a single Woman, and I closed the door behind me, and I then turned around and I stared at that closed door for several minutes. And then I pulled out my phone and I actually took a picture of her closed door of her room. This is the photo that, that I took. Um, <laughs> actually... Uh, in all seriousness, this is the unedited version of. <laughs> so that that's the photo I took in that moment on that evening. Uh, and then I sat down in front of her closed bedroom door and I leaned my back against it and I just quietly wept. Life is filled with many changes and seasons, as many of you know, and as uh, and you come to appreciate the wonderful good in every new season of life, but it's in this, the, when the hinges, at the hinges of those seasons, as the seasons turn and you go from one stage of life to another, that the emotions you experience as a parent are truly seismic. And as a dad, I was feeling seismic shifts inside of me emotionally I sat in front of my daughter's bedroom door that night and I prayed and I cried and I relived a thousand memories. I rejoiced and I mourned 
I find myself looking forward to the next day when she would be getting married. I was rejoicing in the woman my daughter was. I was rejoicing in the man that she was marrying. But in all honesty, I also found myself entertaining ways that I could throw a wrench in the whole thing (laughs) and get the wedding called off. I actually found thoughts like that coming into my head. Well, Laban and his mom sort of do that here. And I get it. Look at what happens the next morning. Verse 54, when they arose in the morning, he said, send me away to my master. I mean, this Abraham's servant has accomplished everything that he had come to accomplish. And he's now ready to hurry back to Canaan with the bride for Isaac. And he says, send me away to my master back in Canaan. Notice that he's asking them to send him away. That's an important word. He's not saying, let me go. He's saying, send me, commission me, send me away. He's only going to take Rebecca and depart with their permission. Look at how Laban and his mother respond. Verse 55. But her brother and mother said, let the girl stay with us a few days, say 10 Afterward, she may go. It's evident that Rebecca's family doesn't want to see her leave so quickly. They want a little more time to get her ready, perhaps, to go and ready for marriage. And it seems like they probably need a little bit of time to get used to the idea of her leaving. And we all understand that, right? But let me ask you guys a question. If Abraham's servant gave them the 10 days that they were asking for, would that make the goodbye any easier? Probably not. Nonetheless, this is Rebecca's family, and they have the right to ask this. They have the right to demand this delay. As we look at Abraham's servant's response, we'll see that he actually respects their right to delay things if they so chose. So rather than just grabbing Rebecca and going, he appeals to her family to reconsider their desire for a delay. And we will see his plea ultimately carrying the day. And this brings us to the next development in the story of Rebecca leaving her family and her homeland in order to be a wife to Isaac. Number six, in accord with Rebecca's wish, Her family agrees to send her away. Look at what Abraham's servant says to them. Verse 56, he said to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. There's that verb send away again. He's putting himself at their mercy And the decision ultimately is theirs. He's not going to just leave with Rebecca. But he asked them to send him away together with Rebecca. He truly wants to leave today, but he just as much wants to be sent away by them. Well, look at how Laban and Rebecca's mom respond Verse 57, and they said, we will call the girl and consult with her wishes. This is wonderful. Laban and his mom don't want the decision regarding the delay to be left up to them. They themselves uh, don't want the delay if that's what, you know, if Rebecca doesn't want the delay, then they don't want the delay either. So they consult Rebecca in this matter. This is actually, guys, a hugely important moment in the story, and its importance was not lost on the Jews. Uh, Because of this development in this story, the Jews in ancient times drew a lesson from it and taught something that's self-evident to all of us, but was not self-evident to the cultures, all of the cultures of this day. And the lesson was that a girl should be given in marriage only with her consent. This was not automatically practiced by all cultures throughout history, and it's not automatically practiced by all cultures even today. But the Jews have always practiced this, and they derive their practice, at least in part, from this moment in the story. 
rabbis would point to this story in this moment and say, here's the lesson that we learn from this. So look at what they do in verse 58. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? Basically, they're saying this man is wanting to leave this morning and take you to Canaan to be Isaac's wife. We've already approved of this marriage. We've approved of you going with him to marry Isaac. But is it your wish to go with him right now today? And at the end of verse 58, we see Rebecca's most fateful reply. It says, and she said, I will go. So look at what Rebecca's family does in verse 59. Thus, they sent away. And there's that verb again. They sent away their sister, Rebecca, and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. This is what Abraham's servant had asked for. This is what he waited for. This is what he trusted God for. And now he is experiencing the blessing of having received it. We don't have time to linger on this, but Rebecca's nurse, we actually know her name from later revelation. Her nurse's name was Deborah. And you learned that in Genesis 35 verse eight. Deborah was Rebecca's wet nurse when she was an infant. And as was often the case, Deborah even since Rebecca's infancy has been something of a nanny to Rebecca all of her life since then. And here we see her going with Rebecca to Canaan as she's leaving to marry Isaac. And wonderfully, as Rebecca's family sends Rebecca away, they speak a blessing over her. Look at what they say in verse 60. They blessed Rebecca and said to her, may you, our sister, become thousands of ten thousands and may your descendants possess the gate of those who hate them. We'll explain a little more about this next time. Uh, But I just want you to realize this is not a family that's begrudgingly letting her go. They're sending her away and they're speaking this enthusiastic blessing over her and the destiny that she is entering into. And what a blessing for them to be able for everything to be done in such a way that they could stand here and send Rebecca away with such a blessing. So everything is done. All the permissions have been granted by Rebecca's family. Rebecca herself approves and expresses her willingness to go. And again, I just love that everything has been done in such a way that invited the full participation of Rebecca's family, leaving them able to give their blessing, to send her away rather than merely letting her go. Trust me, guys, there's a big difference between sending your child away with your blessing when they leave you as opposed to merely letting them go with a heavy heart. It is here that the goodbyes begin and the departure commences. This brings us to the final development in this story of Rebecca leaving her family to be a wife for Isaac. And that is Rebecca leaves her family in order to marry Isaac. Verse 61, then Rebecca arose with her maids and they mounted the camels and followed the man. And so, or thus, the servant took Rebecca and departed. Essentially, this is the bridal march that has started. It's going to be about a 500-mile bridal march. And we'll stop here for today and pick up here at a later point when we come back to this passage. Just as we conclude, guys, I think there's a couple reasons why Moses spends so much time telling us about Rebecca's departure. He could have just said, Rebecca was the one and Abraham's servant took her and she married Isaac. But he's like, no, I want to tell you all the details of this story. And part of why he does so is it's a miraculous thing that Rebecca was ready to go the next day to marry Isaac, a man that she's never met. 
But it's also equally miraculous that Rebecca's family ended up supporting this and sending her off. And Moses wants us to see the miracle of this. But I also think that a lot of time is given to describing Rebecca's departure because God wants us to see how everything was done. This is the first time in Scripture where we have a detailed story of the leaving of one's father and mother. And there's much for us to learn from this. And we see how everything was done decently and in order and in a way that showed honor to Rebecca's parents and her family in such a way that would obtain their permission and their blessing. I love that back in verse 28, Rebecca runs to her family to tell them everything. This man that she had met and all that was said and done She evidently doesn't trust her own wisdom to process all of this on her own. She tells her family and lets her brother and her father and her mother get involved in evaluating this situation. And this is what all young people should do if they're truly humble. It's clear that Rebecca's family is not a perfect family. Later chapters will make this even more clear. But Rebecca does the right thing to submit this matter to her family and have them involved rather than just running off with Abraham's servant to go marry Isaac. She could have said, God has spoken. What more do I need? But she doesn't, and neither does Abraham's servant And ultimately, Rebecca is all the richer for having her family involved in this decision and ultimately having them send her away with their blessing. If you're a single girl or a single guy and you find yourself in any stage of a relationship with someone who may be your future spouse, I urge you to make wise choices And behave in such a way that your parents and your siblings are involved in the relationship and can one day send you away with their blessing and say, this is so clearly of the Lord. Looking at how Abraham's servant behaves, I love that Abraham's servant shows such deference to Rebecca's family before he says anything to her about the details of his mission He says, whose daughter are you? And is there room to lodge at your father's house? In other words, he's saying, I want to talk to your family. And he does. And he presents everything to her family, making sure that they were involved in the decision. And he does not take her away from them until he had obtained their permission and their blessing to do so. I love and admire Rebecca's willingness to leave her family in order to marry Isaac. Marriage, by definition, involves leaving your father and mother. And we see here that Rebecca was willing to do that, even knowing that it would put her hundreds of miles from her family, maybe never seeing them again. But she didn't just leave her father and mother. She left well. She left beautifully. I also love Rebecca's family's willingness to let her go. They were just like all of us. They wanted to hold on to her for a little bit longer. Their hearts were torn in two. I know that tears were shed the night before her departure and then when she left. But they let her leave just as we parents should and and siblings should let our children and our siblings leave us to become joined to a spouse and to make their relationship with their spouse the most important relationship in their life. Finally, keep in mind that in leaving her family, Rebecca is doing what Abraham did 65 years prior. She's leaving her homeland in order to come to the land of promise and assume her place in redemptive history from Isaac and Rebecca are going to come many descendants, billions of them, among whom was ultimately the Messiah, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And her willingness to leave her father's house and her fateful reply, I will go, 
reminds us of Christ's willingness to leave his father's house and come into this broken world to be our savior. And it also reminds us of the choice that we all have to make. In fact, let me just play the role of Abraham's servant in your life this morning. I say to you this morning that there is an amazing son of a father who lives in a distant land, and I am the servant of this son and his father. This son was miraculously born to his mother 2,000 years ago. Oh, this son's father really loves him, yet he offered up his son on Mount Moriah and received his son back from the dead after that sacrifice was made. And this father has made his son the heir of all that he has. And this son is the ultimate player in God's plan of redemption for the world. And this son's name is Jesus. Would you come with me and let me take you to him? We, Cornerstone, and the church, Universal, we, the church, are his bride. And we are traveling through this world on our way to be married to him. Will you join us? Will you go with us to him? And if you've never done so, I, I hope and I pray that your answer today is, I will go. I will go. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm just weakly left staggered and amazed by how profitable your word is teaching us in any area where we need to be taught, touching on all aspects of life and how the book of Genesis is just doing this as we're working through it verse by verse. You've done your job, Lord. You've spoken. Give all of us hearts that are open to your wisdom. Give us hearts that say, I, I see what God is showing and what he's speaking, and I'm going to trust God like Rebecca does and Abraham's servant does, and I'm going to follow his ways and walk the path of blessing. I pray that for us who are older. I pray that for all of our younger people, Lord. We might glorify you and experience the pleasure that you're fighting for in every example you give, in every command you give, and every prohibition you give. You're fighting for our good and for our pleasure. Open our hearts to all that you say to us in a chapter like this. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to give of our offerings to you. Receive these funds. Do much with every penny that is given for the glory of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. And all God's people said.